Okay. Uh, oh, Hebrews again here. And we left off at the end of the 10th chapter. Let's get the last part of that 10th chapter just a little bit. Uh, um, let's see. In that 10th chapter, we saw things uh, like, uh, look at that. Verse 19, so dear brothers, we may, now we may walk right into the very holies of holies where God is because of the blood of Jesus. Now chapters 9 preceding this, 9, 8, 7, talked about, and I think 6 too, Jesus, high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Remember, he was from the tribe of Judah. Remember the two daughters, Rachel and Leah, uh, good-looking eyes versus, woo, uh, Rachel was a knockout in all ways. Okay, that's where all those 12 kids come from, those sons. One of those sons was named Judah, and that's where Jesus came from, that group there. But they were all children of Abraham. But anyway, Jesus was the tribe of Judah, so how can he be a high priest? Well, someone in the book of Psalms, the scriptures, said, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And what's interesting is that's why the book of Genesis is so great. Uh, you've got to believe the book of Genesis because Melchizedek, he had no beginning, no end. He was like an angel. Okay, whatever. Mercy. But anyway, so, and it actually tells us in Hebrews, he's after the order of Melchizedek, a high priest forever because all the other high priests, they would live and die, live and die, live and die. Different ones. They just... And then they always had to go in there because they had problems themselves. It's not like we think today, oh my God, the Catholics. Oh, the Catholic priest. Oh my God, the pedophiles. We're all guilty. Pedophile or not, we're guilty. I, it got me one time reading the book of James. James wrote and said, if you broke one part of the law, you broke it all. So we're all adulterers. But we have, oh no, I've never committed adultery. It's all written all over you, you know. Yeah, but I'm not a, and this, this will get you too. Yeah, but I'm not a homosexual. Or whatever. It's written all over you. We are guilty, Romans 1, 2, and 3. We can't say, well, that guy's worse than me. Man, we, we were toast. That's why the takeaway of this guy here, Jesus being perfect, is exactly what Savior we need. He was the only one that was perfect. Wow. Okay. So, dear brothers, we may now, this is uh, Romans 10, verse 19, we can come right into the Holy of Holies. Now, remember why? Well, I just, I got a permit. It's better than a permit. You've got the blood sprinkled on you. His blood is, here it is, because, where God is, look at that, because of the Holies of Holies, this fresh, new, life-giving way that Christ has opened for us by tearing away uh, the curtain, his human body, to let us into the holy presence of God. Wow. And since this great high priest of ours rules over God's household, let's go right into himself, to God himself, with true hearts, fully trusting him to receive us, because we've been sprinkled, look at that, sprinkled with Christ's blood. Not just where you go in there and go, ah, there's that blood, it's on you. Wow. Okay, uh, with Christ's blood to make us clean. Notice that phrase, to make us clean. You can't earn this. It was given to you. To make us clean. And because our bodies and because our bodies have been washed with pure water. Now we can look forward to the salvation God's promise. Now what's going to happen here? This these next few verses. Yeah, some of them are wanting to go back to Judah. They want to go back to Moses. I don't know about this. I'm not too sure. You know, and that's where he's going. Let's don't neglect this and walk away from it. So uh let me speed just a little bit. Notice this. He says, uh, God's punishment, his awful anger will consume all consume all of it. All his enemies, a man who refused to obey the laws of Moses, 
uh, given, given by Moses was killed without mercy. If there were two or three witnesses to his sin, think how much more terrible punishment. Notice not if you just, it's not talking about if you sin because sin was covered in the Old Testament. You had a sin offering. You had a once a year sin offering. You had a daily lamb and an evening lamb that was slain. Sabbath, I think they had two of them. Extras. Okay. For we know him who said, uh, justice belongs to me. Uh, oh, wait, excuse me. So he says, the, for those of those, oh, let's see, let's get it. Uh, in other words, they trodden underfoot the Son of God, treated his cleansing blood as though it were common and unhallowed. That's not what happens to you and I because we've made a mistake today or yesterday or whatever you did this week. Well, because of that, we, we've heard preachers go, when you make a mistake, you just nail Jesus' hands on the cross. No, you don't. Those were nailed on there back a long time ago. Your sins were put on that cross, but you're not nailing him again like this is. And look at that. Insulted, outraged, the Holy Is that you? No, every time I make a mistake, oh God, praise the Lord, have mercy on me, have mercy. So that's not us. Notice what the Lord says. He says, justice belongs to me. I'll repay them. Uh, the Lord himself will handle these cases. Wow. Remember the book, of, uh, the book of 1 John says, you know, pray for a brother that's committed a sin which is not unto death. You know. You can forget it if somebody's decided to go back. Anyway, this is what he says. Sometimes uh, he says, don't ever forget those wonderful days when you first learned about Jesus Christ. Remember how you kept right on with the Lord, even though it meant terrible suffering. Yeah. Sometimes you were laughed at. You were beaten. Sometimes you were, at some, and sometimes you watched and sympathized with those suffering the same things. You suffered with those thrown in jail, and you were actually joyful, you know, when you lost everything. I mean, they were coming in and saying, well, if you're a Christian, we're tough. We're taking all your stuff. Anyway, don't let this happy uh, trust in the Lord die away. Okay, so lo notice what he's saying here, because it leads up. It's all one breath. That's the reason I'm, I'm leading into that 11th chapter. So, uh, you need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want him to do all he's promised. His coming will not be delayed much longer. Those whose faith has made them good in God's sight must live by faith. Look at this, trusting him in everything. No, one thing, trust him to get you to heaven. No, it's everything. He'll help you all the time. He's fixing to lead into this huge, wonderful chapter, which is going to endorse why we have a Bible. Otherwise, it's so fake. It ain't fake. Otherwise, if we shrink back, God will have no pleasure in them. Oh, I was watching the movie. I appreciate the movie. It was a great movie. I loved it. It was super. It was a date with Chad. A date with Tad. It was really good. But the guy, I kept thinking, who's this guy? It was the daughter's dad. And he was real wise, but he was funny because it's a comedy. And I thought, who is this guy? I, I could see him. I figured it out. It was Taldega Knights. It was Ricky Bobby's dad, the one who said, if you ain't first, you're last. Well, then, of course, when Ricky says, you know, he's saying, well, dad, you told me if you're not first, you're last. Well, his dad goes, man, I was high. You could be second or third or fifth or tenth. <laughs> but I finally recognized him. Well, guess what he says in this movie here? He's trying to console his daughter's boyfriend who's the love story and he's because and he goes well son you know sometimes you know you don't realize that we don't hear this story but sometimes you know goliath kicked david's tail man i thought mm -mm, that never happens you know i know where he's coming from saying that you know but he was just trying to help him out but i'm telling you what no uh, uh goliath boom he was out anyway so if they shrink back god will have no pleasure in him but we've never turned our backs on god that's why, look where he's leading up. Remember, we're going, in one solid breath, look at this. 
We've never turned our backs and sealed our faith. No, our faith in Him assures our soul's salvation. Chapter 11. What is faith? So what is this? It's a confident assurance something we want is going to happen. It's a certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Men of, men in, men of God in days of old were famous for their faith. Well, yeah, he's going to list them. Look how he starts out. God first. By faith, we, by believing God, we know the world and the stars. In fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that cannot be seen. Wow. God just made them. Yeah, dinosaurs were made on the, on the fifth day. Excuse me, the sixth day. Oh, come on. Ah, uh, you come on. They're called dragons in the Bible. They got T-Rex flesh right now. And they've tried to cram down our throats. Dinosaurs were here 70 million years ago. How are you going to explain that flesh that they still have, that they can stretch? They found blood, blood vessels in it. How long does stuff last in your Tupperware containers, ladies? <laughs> it's going to last 70 million years. It's going to be gone. But see, they're so in bed with, ah, 70 million years ago. Mm-mm. All the stories about dragons, the legends, St. George slaying the dragon. Look at the descriptions of those dragons. Look at the pictures of them. We've got pictures of these things. And you put a dinosaur next to that picture, you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's keep going here. So, so the world was, see, that's the, this reading you've got, it, it, it's so important to believe that God created everything. God thinks he did. The Bible thinks he did. Anyway, the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command. And they were all made from things that cannot be seen. It was by faith that Abel, guess what? That's chapter 4 in Genesis right there. We just covered chapter 1. He created chapter 4? You mean that was true? Yeah. Abel obeyed God and brought an offering that pleased God more than Cain offering did. So remember, Cain got mad. He killed his brother Abel. God accepted Abel and proved it by accepting his gift. Although Abel is long dead, we can still learn lessons. What, from a fairy tale? No. From him about trusting God. Enoch, guess what chapter? Five. Wow. Enoch trusted God because chapter five is a big long genealogy. Adam, Seth, Enoch, okay. And that's why God took him away to heaven without dying. What? I can't believe that. Well, then honestly, you can't believe in the resurrection either. Oh, well, no, this is just a placeholder in my life. I just go to the Christian church because of... No, you don't go to the Christian church because you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Don't let anybody water down Christianity for you. Anyway, suddenly he was gone because God took him. Wow. You know, it's interesting here. Your grandparents, we all know people that have passed on. They're gone. What are you going to do with that? You're never going to see them again? That's so silly. You will see them again. This guy was gone, and he's with the Lord. Jesus had to deal with that same silly stuff. They said, well, we know a guy. He married this girl, and he died, and his, the girl married the brother, and all the way down to seven of them. Ha, ha, ha. Whose wife will she be in heaven? Jesus blistered them with one statement that God told Moses, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but the living. Jesus said they were living. <gasps> were they living? Mm-hmm. This reason there's a hell to gain. I mean, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You know, wherever you did, you just did. No, uh-uh, man. God took him. 
Wow. Before this happened, he said how, he ple- how pleased he was with Enoch. You can never please God without faith. This is your daily faith. It's not, I believe this hammer is going to work. I'm going to. It's just mind over matter. And you ought to have some confidence. That's fine. This is faith in the Lord. Look at that. You can't please God without faith de- and without depending on him. Well, it's a crutch. Dustin and I were talking about this the other day. Yeah. What a greatest crutch in the world. I'd rather have a crutch like that to help pay my bills, help keep my body well, help me remind me and make me smart. Praise the Lord. I'm, man, I'll give him the credit. There's so much about ourselves. I mean, the Bible tells us that the DNA in our body, just in your body alone, fills the Grand Canyon. All the paperwork in your DNA. One person. Incredible. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, you got a few tendons. Oh, yeah? What's a tendon? Well, no, no, no. Let's break it down even further. The microscopic, tiny little things that make up your body are incredible. And guess who knows? The Creator does. Anyway, you can never please God without faith, without depending on Him. Anyone who wants to come to God, look at that, must believe that there is a God. I believe there is a God. Now, hold on. And that he rewards those who sincerely look for him. That's, the, that's where the rubber hits the road. Do you believe he'd do anything? Well, he'll do something for Dustin, but he won't do nothing for me. Oh, please. We just said that was Genesis chapter 5. Look at that, Genesis 6. Another one who trusted God, Noah. When he heard God's warning about the future, Noah believed him, even though there was no sign of a flood. Think about that. Act like you're Noah and you didn't know anything about the Bible. God just walks up and says, look, I've had it. You already know it. The world is toast. I only think you and your wife and your, their son, your sons and your, their wives are the only righteous people around. Build a boat. I'll get all these animals to you. And remember, he did that in 100 years. He was 600 when he got in that boat. Noah's belief in God was in direct contrast to the sin and disbelief of the rest of the world, which refused to obey. And because of his faith, he became one of those whom God had accepted. Abraham. Now, that's skipped all the way from chapter 6 because the flood actually goes from 6, 7, 8, 9. And in chapter 10 and uh, 10 and 11, the very tail end of 11 is where Abraham shows up. Most people think it's the start of 12, but he's mentioned at the latter part of 11. Abraham trusted God. When God told him to leave home and go far away to another land that he promised to give him, Abraham obeyed. I mean, this is just fairy tales. This guy's quoting from a book that we already know is not true. Oh, yeah, it is. Remember the book of Genesis. Genesis means beginning. Doesn't mean, well, it's our, our take. It means beginning. Wow. Uh, Abraham believed. Away he went, not even knowing where he was going. And even when he reached God's promised land, he lived in tents like a mere visitor as did Wow, they think these guys lived. Yeah, Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promises. Abraham did this because he was confidently waiting for God to bring him into that strong heavenly city. Ah, come on. When you're dead, you're dead. No, you're not either. Whose designer and builder is God? Sarah. Wait a minute. I forgot about her. No, he didn't. Sarah, too, had faith. Yeah, she's going to heaven. That's not what this one's about. And because of this, she was able to become a mother in spite of her old age. Yeah, but Rich, you don't really believe those ages were real. She was just right beyond maybe the minimum time she should have. No, she was 80. No, actually 90. Wasn't that right? She realized God who gave her uh, his promise 
just like you and I have been given promises, would do what he said. Notice how it's one individual believes that what God had said. That's us. And so a whole nation came from Abraham who was too old to even have one child. A nation with so many million people like people like that like the stars of the sky and on the sand on the seashores, there was no way to count. Wow. These men I've mentioned, they died without ever receiving all that God had promised them. But they saw it awaiting them uh, on ahead and were glad, for they agreed that this earth was not their real home. I'm just passing through. My home is beyond, well, somewhere beyond the blue. Remember that? This, whatever. They were just strangers visiting down here. And quite obviously, when they talked like that, they were looking forward to their real home in heaven. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go what? To prepare a place? Apparently, that hadn't been just said when Jesus said it. These guys already knew about that. A heavenly home. If they had wanted to, they could have... I'm going back to the good things of this world. But they didn't want to. They were living for heaven. And now God's not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made a heavenly city for them. What? Yeah. While God was testing Abraham, remember this story? He woke up one morning, God said, hey, take Isaac and offer him up. He didn't explain that to Isaac till I'm sure it got time to tie him up. Because I'm sure Isaac was 12. He could have whipped his dad. Could have got away. He said, hey, you do it. Do what God says do. Remember, there was no church. They didn't go to church. They just loved the Lord. And Isaac figured this out too. Man, if my dad heard from God saying, offer me up, well, okay. But you got to also remember that, well, we're going to read it here in a second. Abraham knew that if I kill him, God's going to raise him up for those ashes because of that promise. The promise was, your descendants will come through Isaac. Well, that's going to be short-lived. He's fixing to be ashes. So here we go. Abraham still trusted God in his promise, and so he offered up his son Isaac and was ready to slay him on the altar. We have that story. Genesis 22, something like that, 23, whatever. Oh, though, uh, to slay even Isaac, through whom God had promised to give Abraham a whole nation. It had to come through him. Well, are you going to have another kid? No. <laughs> Sarah would have to start all over, remember? She just barely had this one, seemed like. All right, here we go. He believed, look at, the, look at that verse. As a Baptist, I never heard this verse. I never heard this verse. He believed that if Isaac died, God would bring him back to life again. Now that's all. What? Yeah. And that's just about what happened. For as far as Abraham was concerned, Isaac was doomed to death. But he came back to life again. But of course, we know that's not what happened. The angel said, hey, don't harm the lad. And he stopped. Remember that he found a ram and he killed it instead. It was by faith that Isaac knew. Now we're jumped ahead even further. It's by faith that Isaac knew that God would give future blessings to his sons Jacob and Esau. You know, and he did. Boy, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, Esau's descendants were called the Edomites. And God would not allow the Israelites to whip up on them. They deserved to be whipped up on. You know why? That promise, future blessings. Oh, God got them later because the Edomites were very nasty to Israel. But that promise was still working. Anyway, by faith, Jacob, so you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
By faith, Jacob, when he was old and dying, this is the latter part of Genesis. Remember, they're down in Egypt now. He blessed each, each of coat of many colors, remember, Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, as he stood and prayed, leaning on the top of his cape. Remember this? He's praying, and he's got his hand on the younger one. And Joseph takes his hand and goes, no, Daddy, it's this one. <laughs> and Jacob says, no, it's not. It's this one. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it was by faith that Joseph, near the end of his life, oh, that, no, so that's, that was Jacob. And it was by faith that Joseph... As he ended the near of his, ended the, excuse me, neared the end of his life, spoke confidently of God bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. What? So you'd have caught that in, in Exodus. And he was so sure of it, he made them, look at this, promise, or shall we say swear, to carry his bones with them when they left. Now that's in the book of Exodus, right before they crossed the, the Dead Sea there. I mean, the, the, the Red Sea. And then you see it in Joshua when they got there. They finally thought, you know, hey, we finally unload these bones. We're here. Wow. Now, how did Joseph know? What does he care about his bones? God had promised that you guys are getting out of Egypt. You're going to the Holy Land. Well, here's Moses. Now we're, this is Exodus now. Moses' parents, they had faith too. When they saw that God had given them an unusual child, they trusted that they could go to heaven. No, they knew that. They trusted that God would save him from the death of, remember, all babies die. If it's a Hebrew boy, kill it. I'll let the girls live. All right, we know what all that's about. Anyway, they hid him for three months and they were not afraid. Remember the story? Put him in a little thing and they floated him out there. But anyway, jumps ahead now. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be treated as the grandson of Pharaoh, really but chose to share ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Well, that story never did happen. These people think it did. He thought that it was better to suffer for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt. Now, that's a hard one. Remember, think about that one. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I got time for Jesus later. You know, this is, I'm not too sure. It's a fairy tale anyway. And look at all these riches. Moses believed, uh, what? Remember, he ran away, because he was going to get killed if he didn't. He ran away into Midian, and he was with the priest of Midian, a sun worshiper, and he married one of his daughters, Zipporah, okay? He had two sons, and then at this time, Moses is 80 years old. But look what he did. He chose to share the ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought that it was better to suffer the promise for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt. He was looking forward to the great reward that God would give him. And it was because he trusted God that he left the land of Egypt and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. Moses kept right on going. Look at this. It seemed as though he could see God right there in front of him. What a phrase. And it was because he believed that God would save his people that he commanded them to kill a lamb. Boy, now we're Passover now. 10 and 11th chapter of Exodus. As God promised them to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost of their home so that God's terrible angel of death could not touch the oldest child in those homes as he did among the Egyptians. Do you think that happened? Yes. Uh, you know, just act like you weren't in church. You never knew nothing. And all of a sudden, uh, do you know, you're Googling something, uh, Passover. You would know what that was. You, there's, it's just all over the world. Passover? I think it's some sort of Jewish thing. Yeah, I think. A few more minutes, you'd figure out. 
Yeah, that's the story about the children of Israel. Why would you say that? Because it's such common knowledge. Here we go. All right. The people of Israel trusted God and went right on. Look at that. Through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. Can you imagine? I ain't going out there. Did you see that great white shark there? <laughs> yeah, but it ain't going to get you. I mean, it wasn't boarded up. The water was walled up. Remember, Pharaoh said, ah, we're going in after them, and it didn't work out for them. That's what it's going to say here. The people of Israel trusted God and went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians chasing them, Richard, it's fairy tales. It didn't happen. <laughs> but when the Egyptians chasing them all tried it, they were drowned. It was by faith. Look at that. Now we're all the way to, J to the book of J Joshua. It was by faith that the walls of Jericho tumbled down. Ah, it's a kid's story. I heard that at Sunday school. It really did. It happened. We'd do so much better going back and reading the book of Joshua, which was we do here, you know. Remember that day they marched around it seven times. Tumbling down after the people of Israel had walked around. There it is, seven days, as God had commanded them. By faith, look at that. Oh, my gosh. I thought that the book of Joshua was just some drunk guy wrote it. Well, look at this. That story is written in the book of Joshua. Look at the details. By faith, because she believed in God and his power, Rahab the harlot did not die with all the others in her city when they refused to obey. She gave a friendly visit, a friendly, she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. Remember, she said, look, I helped you, do you help me? And they said, well, you hang this rope out your window, because she was on the wall, then, and keep all your guys inside. We can't promise anything, but if you do that, we promise to keep you safe. But if you get out of that room, you're in trouble. If you ever think about how that could have happened because the walls fell down, how did she survive and everything? But she trusted God, okay? Well, how much, do I more, how much more do I need to say? It would take, look at this, it would take me forever to recall all these fake stories. No, look at this. Look what he says here. Recount the stories of faith in Gideon. That's, some more, that's more in, remember Gideon had 20,000, actually 30,000, got whacked down to 10,000 people, and God said, you got too many. You're going to think you did it. And he finally got him down to 30, 300. And he said, okay, take 300 and I'm going to take you out there and you're going to beat the Philistines. Anyway, Barak and Samson and Jephthah, the one that had the foolish vow, whatever. David, Samuel, oh my gosh. <laughs> he just grouped our whole Bible. Yeah. Look at this. These people all trusted God. And as a result, look what they did. They're going to heaven. And that's not what he said. Won battles, overthrew kingdoms, ruled their people well. That's what's going on in the United States. I'm telling you. Now you we are, I mean, I'm so glad that your preacher here does not treat y'all like we're the only ones. We're the only ones in Madison County. Oh, Lord Jesus, come take us. We're the only ones. If you've read your Bible, you know that don't last long because Elijah did that. I'm the only Christian around. <laughs> and God says, you silly goose. I got 7,000 people hadn't bowed their knee to the devil. You think you're the only one? Anyway. These people all trusted God. They won battles, overthrew kingdom, ruled their people well. They received what God had promised them. They were, look at that, they were kept from harm in a den of lions. Who might that be? Well, actually, there's two. It was Daniel and then our wonderful brother Paul. He wrote about it. Second Timothy, Lord kept me from the lions. And in a fiery furnace. Where'd that come from? Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, Venus. Some, through their faith, accepted de escaped death by the sword. Wow. Look at this. 
Look at this. Some were made strong again after they had been weak or sick. Yeah. Others were given great power in battle that they made whole armies turn away. Go read David's wonderful, it was called the army of God. One of them was worth a thousand. Just like Moses said, one of y'all will send a thousand. Those that stepped in it, they knew. Man, I got this. Saul's son, Jonathan, knew it. He snuck out one night and he just couldn't sleep. He got his armor bearer with him. Remember the story? And he said, let's go kick some Philistine tails. And he said, because God's able to save by many or by few. And so they snuck up on the hill and they saw some of them and they said, hey, if they say come on up to us, then let's go get them. That'll be our, our cue. And so they go, hey, we're some Israeli soldiers. What do you think? And they go, come on up here. And they came up there, boy, and, the, and uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, which was David's just close friend, and his sword bearer, they beat the tar out of that group. Anyway, they made whole armies turn and run away. And some women through faith received their loved ones back from death again. Hello. How many stories do you see in the Old Testament about that? Okay. But others trusted God and were beaten to death. Oh, well, wait a minute. No, let's read it. Preferring to die rather than to turn from God to be free. It was like, hey, you believe in Jesus? Well, what does that mean? Well, if you, if you believe in Jesus, we won't kill you. If you believe in Jesus, we're going to kill you. Oh, well, I'm not going to deny the Lord. Okay. Look at this. Trusting that they would rise to a better life afterward. It's all this stuff about, oh, there's nothing when you die. It's over with. That is total baloney. Some were laughed at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Jeremiah was. Some died by stoning, Stephen, book of Acts. Some were sawed in two. Uh, others were promised freedom if they would renounce their faith and were killed with a sword. So it's not like, well, my faith didn't work this time. Eh, it was working fine. They were like, nope, you do what you want to. I'm not denying the Lord. Some went about in skins of sheep coats, wandering over desert mountains and hiding in dens and caves. They were hungry and sick, ill-treated, too good for this world. All these men of faith, though they trusted God and won His approval, none of them received all that God had promised, for God wanted them to wait and share the even better rewards that were prepared for us. Don't read this next year. Since, look at that, we have such a huge crowd of people. Men of faith, watching us. Look at that. From the grandstands. You think grandma's watching? You tell me. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Especially those things that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us. Let us run with patience the particular race that God set before us. Now he's not talking about, well, if you sin, you know what I mean? No. Think about it. He just said they trip you. You're supposed to be running. You're stopped. Don't let anything stop you from moving forward. Okay. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, I can't. Yes, you can. Jesus said himself, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Moses never, well, he face to face with the Lord, but but we already read that verse over there that he said as though he could see Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, our leader and instructor. He's got to be. Revelation 3.20, he's right there. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross. Remember, he was naked. Don't be, don't be telling me he had a Speedo on. He was naked, man. That was totally embarrassing. He did it for you. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. And now he sits in the place of honor by the throne of God. If you want to keep from becoming faint-hearted and weary, think about his patience as sinful men did such terrible things to him. That's why I thank God for what was that thing called the, the passion that... 
Bruce, what's his name, did. I mean, I'm glad it was in, it was in total Greek because I couldn't understand it. He had to read the credits. But, oh, my gosh, that was, woo. Good picture of what happened to him. After all, you've not yet struggled against sin and temptation until you. Now, that didn't happen. Yeah, it did. Book of Luke says that, and here it is again. Sweat, drape, great drops of blood. It's not medically impossible. It's medically proven. And have you quite forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, uh, his child? He said, my son, don't be angry when the Lord punishes you. And he's talking about talking with sickness and car wrecks and junk like that. No, when, uh, to show you when you were wrong. For when he punishes you, it proves, it proves he loves you. When he whips you, you're, it proves you're really his child. Let God train you for he's doing what any loving father does to his children. Yeah. Whoever heard of a son who never got corrected? If God doesn't punish you when you need it or as fathers punish sons, then it means you really aren't God's son at all. That you don't really belong to his family. Since we respect our fathers on earth, though they punish us, we should all the more, oh, should we not all the more cheerfully submit to God's training when we, and it's that we really begin to live. Our earthly fathers trained us for a few brief years, doing the best uh, uh, for us they knew how, but God's correction is always for our best. Let's see, hang on. Watch what he's leading to here. It's real important. Uh, that we may share in his holiness. Being punished isn't enjoyable while it's happening. Ouch! You know, I mean, my parents, I, I hated to see my dad pull his belt off. I, oh, God, my sister and I were going to get it. <laughs> but afterwards, we can see the result of a quiet growth in grace and character. So take a new grip on your tired hands. Remember he's talking about those those things that trip you up? Eh, I'll catch you up with y'all. I'll catch you up. I don't, I don't. No! I'm going to stay with him. I'm not going to back off. Look what he says. Uh, so that your feet, no, so, uh, smooth your path for your feet so that those who follow even weak, uh, though weak and lame, will not fall and hurt themselves, but, be str- but, but become strong. Try to stay out of quarrels. Seek a life, uh, a clean and holy life, for one who is not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so not one of you will fail to see God's best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness takes root in you. I don't have time for this. I've been to Sunday school. No, we all need this. Yeah, watch out for all this stuff. Uh, watch out that no bitterness take root in you. For if it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Watch out that no one becomes involved in a sexual sin or becomes careless about, uh, about God as Esau did. He traded his rights as the oldest son for a single meal. That's stories in the book of Exodus, you know. Ah, who needs, who needs the birthright? I need a bowl of soup. Anyway, afterward, when he tried to get those, those rights back, it was too late. Even though he wept bitter tears of repentance. So remember, be careful. Now look at this. Exodus chapter 19, 20, 21, 22. Remember Moses went up on the mountain. He actually went up and down about six, seven times. One time he went up there, after he went back down, he, the, the Lord said, bring up the 70 elders. There were 70 elders, you know, ranked as over all the tribes. They had a big dinner with him. But this mountain was on fire. He says, look, you've not had to stand face-to-face with terror, flaming, gloom, flaming fire, gloom, darkness, and a terrible storm as the Israelites did on Mount Fake Believe. No, Mount Sinai, it's a real mountain out there, when God gave them his laws. For there was an awesome trumpet blast, and a voice 
with a message so terrible that the people begged God to stop speaking. What? Yeah, go read it. Exodus 20, 19, 20, 22. They staggered back under God's command that if even an animal touched the mountain, it must die. Look at this. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he shook with fear. But you have come right up to Mount Zion. See, he was talking about Mount Sinai. Look at this one. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the gathering of countless happy... Oh, please, stop. No, you and I, please. We have to believe. That's what, what, that's what believers... Uh, that's what they're referencing when saying, I'm a believer. You believe in all that stuff? Yes. And to the church, look at your... Are you a registered Democrat or Republican? You know what that means. Are you a registered citizen of the United States? Look at this. Composed of all those registered in heaven. Names written in the book of life. Isn't that right? And to the... Look how, this is amazing. Do we believe this? Yeah. And to the God who is the judge of all. And to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven. Already made perfect. What a mouthful. And to Jesus himself who has brought us his wonderful new agreement, which we don't have nothing to do with because we don't believe it. Uh, not us, we do. And to the blood of sprinkling, which so graciously forgives instead of crying out for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. So, see to it that you obey him who's speaking to you. For if the people of Israel didn't escape when they refused to listen to Moses, remember that fiery mountain? And that's the reason he's going to say our God is an awesome fire because we just saw the story. Well, the children of Israel didn't escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly message messenger. How terrible, how terrible our danger is if we refuse. Think about it. If we reject Jesus down here, we're not. If they refuse to listen to God, no. So how terrible for us if we refuse to listen to God who speaks from heaven. When he spoke from Mount Sinai, the fake story, that wasn't fake. The earth shook. But next time he says, I will, only no, I will not only shake the earth, I'm going to shake the heaven too. Wouldn't that going to be an awesome thing? By this he means that he'll sift out everything without solid foundation so that only unshakable things will be left. Since, here's the takeaway, since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let's please God by serving him with thankful hearts and with holy fear and all, for our God is an all-consuming fire. You wouldn't get that consuming fire unless you read the stories. All right, here we go. This is it. Why do you keep pulling back to this? Because this is it. The Good Samaritan. You see somebody hurt? Help them, praise the Lord. All right. Continue to love each other with true brotherly love. Don't forget to be kind to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Like that guy's car in front of me today, you know. Apparently he was doing that. I tried to buy my order. And they go, the guy in front of you bought it. Well, he blessed the church, didn't he? He was probably an angel. Who knows? Don't forget about those in jail. Suffer with them as though you were there yourself. Now, we're not going to go all through 13. You can do that yourself. But watch what he says here. Share the sorrow of those mistreated, for you know what they're going through. Honor your marriage and its vows. Be pure, for God will surely punish all those who are immoral or commit adultery. What does he say here? Stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I'll never, never fail you or forsake you. You know, that's related to money. And that's where we Baptists and Methodists and good old Bible Belt Christians, 
We've told the Lord, the Lord wants us to be on our own concerning money. No wonder we're suffering. Thank God I'm not, and thank God y'all aren't. We know better. That's why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my, you might as well say it, my financial helper. See, Jesus even put it this way. You can't love God and money, mammon. You can't love God and mammon. You'll either love one hate the other. But Jesus, the takeaway was, he says, you serve me, all this stuff be added to you. Man, anyway. It's, it's neat once we figure out, Jesus has got me covered in everything. Oh, he does. Okay. Uh, that's why, we, anyway, so the Lord is my helper, and I'm not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. Remember your leaders who have taught you the word of God. Think of all the good things that, uh, that come from their lives and try to trust the Lord as they do. In other words, we've seen people that serve the Lord. Well, then just, hey, you see it working? Do what they do. Look at that. Stop right here. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be, so don't be attracted by strange new ideas. In other words, hey, yeah, but you know, hey, you got to eat this and you got to, no. Your spiritual strength comes as a gift from God, not from ceremonial rules about eating certain foods. A method by, oh, by the way, it hadn't helped those who tried it. <laughs> That's good. We have an altar. Oh, yeah, the one in heaven covered with blood. The cross where Christ was sacrificed, where those who continue to seek salvation by obeying Jewish laws can never be helped. And he goes on and says, under this Jewish system, the high priest brought the blood. Same things we heard there. Let's, let's keep get it just a little bit here. They brought the slain animals into the sanctuary as a sacrifice for sin, and then the bodies of the animals were burned outside the city. That's why Jesus suffered and died outside the city where the blood where his blood washed away, uh, washed our sins away. So let us, look what he says, let us go out to him beyond the city walls that is outside the entrance of this world, being willing to be despised and suffer with him, bearing his shame. This world is not our home. We're looking forward to an everlasting home in heaven. With Jesus' help, we will continually offer our sacrifice of praise to God by telling others of the glory of his name. Don't forget to do good and share what you have with those in need for such sacrifices are pleasing to him. I mean, take care of the poor around you or even people, you know. Obey your spiritual leaders and be willing to do what they say for their work is to watch over your souls. God will judge them on how well they do this. Give them reason to report joyfully about you to the Lord and not with sorrow. Then you will, uh, uh, for then you will suffer for it too. Pray for us. Uh, for our conscience is clear, and we want to keep it that way. I especially need your prayers right now so that I can come back to you sooner. We don't know if this was Paul or Apollos, but whoever it was, he was trying to come back to him. And now may the God of peace, look at this, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he, look at, oh, so great. May he who became the great shepherd of the sheep by the everlasting agreement between God and you, signed with his blood, producing you through the power of Christ all that is pleasing to him. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brethren, please be patient. Lead to what I have said in this letter, for it's a short one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Anyway, I want you to know that Brother Timothy, oh, wait a minute, we've heard of him. Yeah, that's why this book is authentic here. It is now out of, uh, Brother Timothy is now out of jail. If he comes here soon, I will come with him to see you. Give my greeting to all your leaders and to all the other believers there, the Christians from Italy who are here with me. So where does this think this probably happened when Paul got all the way to Rome? Uh, anyway, God's grace be with you all. Well, goodbye.
Wow, what a mouthful he wrote. Isn't that something? Yeah, no, we did it anyway. Whatever. Yeah, I know we were there. Might as well finish it. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. You are an all-consuming fire. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're in your family, that group of happy angels, and you've taken care of all our sins. Praise the Lord. And we want to serve you. So, Lord, if we're hurting in our bodies, praise the Lord. We have wonderful promises. You'll take care of our bodies. Keep them well, Lord. Same thing's true financially. We're not going to worship money. We're going to worship you, and you'll take care of the money problems. Hallelujah. And if it's something else, great or small, all the things we saw, those people listed in the book of, in chapter 11, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, you'll get us out of whatever it is. I just thank you for it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what great things you've done as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Glory.